0: All right, we are rolling now. Counting us down. Three, two... You're
1: listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show.
0: Hello there, Misketeers. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I am Lex Michael, and if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, spoken word, books, experiences, things that have built us up as people, and we hope that in sharing it, it builds you up. We are the retrospective that is introspective.
1: I know it sounds hard to believe, but guys and gals, it's true. The Missing Out Podcast is the place for me and you.
0: Aww. You know who else belongs here? Our good friend, Mark Donica. It's me. I belong here. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you for
2: having me and thank you for joining me on this uh, this wonderful journey through a variety of children's summer camps.
0: I mean, it's all the camps you want it to be. If you've ever thought of learning something in the worst possible way, there's a camp for you. Mm. Uh, So Mark, you brought in Rooster Teeth's camp camp series. Uh, Can you pitch this for us?
2: Okay. I will try to do this as easily as I can without just relying on the tagline on the official website, but it's essentially a dysfunctional group of kids at a summer camp that nobody cares about. And it's there. It's sort of like the more recent trend of 11 minute episodes, but it's a variety of different adventures that are either sort of adult in nature, but not necessarily like South park edgy. They're still kids. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of moments that take you back to when you were a kid going on adventures and the humor, I believe, is top-notch. There's really good music in it. It's just a stellar show from top to bottom. And I think there's, a, there's at least one character that everybody can sort of attach themselves to. And in attaching to that one character, you can then start to see yourself and all of the kids at the various camps and start to relate to everybody. And I, I absolutely adore this show. And I think anybody who can take part in it or or enjoy it or watch it can adore it too.
0: Aww. Hmm. I like that. Um, I uh, I was listening back to the first time we, we talked about this a little bit um, when you brought Rooster Teeth into us. And we, we spent like five, ten minutes kind of going over general thoughts and stuff like that. And I remember saying that I didn't feel like it was for me, Um, but I think part of it was that I was watching it amongst a bunch of different things and I wasn't settling in to really enjoy camp camp itself. And I can pinpoint the exact moment that it uh, became for me. Um, And it was in the second episode when we dethroned the squirrel King.
2: (laughs) there, uh, there's, there's so many things where it's like, ah, oh, this is a very, uh, relatable human moment and others where it's just like, what the hell just happened? And that's <laughs> one of the first ones where you go, okay, I have, I think I have seen the spectrum of the show and that it continues to widen out and widen out to both weird and human. It's, it's an amazing adventure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It has this anarchic energy that hits a nostalgia button for me because it reminds me of a lot of the, or like back in the days when everybody was doing it via flash animation, uh, these super anarchic, totally bonkers, uh, web series. And I remember there were several of them. Like I was big into Home Star Runner. There was one that I think I mentioned last time we spoke that was called Sharks. It's like sharks, but with a W and I would yeah. sit there like refreshing their page over and over for weeks at a time, waiting for the newest installment and stuff. And I feel like... Like if I had found this when I was that age, this would easily be another one of those for me. Now, of course, we can keep up with the, the announcements of when new content will be released in a way that we didn't used to be able to. But I feel like I would still be compulsively uh, refreshing the page over and over and over. Um, but also, there's the nostalgia factor for me. But as I watched, uh, I watched almost uh, the full first three seasons... And at some point, it's not necessarily that I had a a specific moment where it became for me, but at a certain point, I want to say midway through season two, it finally locked into my head how truly brilliant and economical the storytelling is because, you know, there is a big, wide sampling of uh, sitcom tropes. That they play with, but they do it in about half the runtime of a typical sitcom episode, and I feel like they mine it about twice as extensively as the average show, and I find it uh, insanely impressive the way that they are able to construct and uh, execute premise after premise after premise. Uh, is good. Is good stuff. I like it. It made me happy, <laughs> and and that's ultimately what it what it, a show like
2: this should do is leave you feeling better at the end of the day. And they have such a wide cast of characters that they can do this variety of stories in such a beneficial way and characters that you didn't even expect to be rooting for all of a sudden you get them as the protagonist of an episode and if somehow you didn't like them before they rock it up to your favorite character
1: It's there's yes, it's like they rock it up to your favorite character. But I'll go even one further. You'll spend a whole season thinking you don't like this character, and then an episode will come along, and you go, "Oh, I see, they're me." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, I will say, yeah, I agree that I really like. That The show knows who its characters are and isn't afraid to splash around with their background and isn't afraid to actually do a whole episode that is just about that character. There's a a running bit in Community, which I uh, watched recently, and a bunch of the side characters will go on screen and comment and be like oh it's this team oh man it's always about them i wish sometimes and then they get cut off and i like that this show has the balls to be like no this episode is about space kid i don't give a fuck what you think this this episode is about space kid and whether you like him or not you're gonna spend the next 10 minutes hoping for his dreams um i really like that
2: that's really funny that you mentioned that because there is an episode in season four where you see the group that nikki is the lead kid of and they they have an adventure and it's just like adventure after adventure after adventure that does. you don't even see them get like resolved. They just, it just happens. And then by the end of it, she catches back up with Max and Neil and is just like, oh, you know, just doing stuff with my friends or like whatever, like my other friend. And yeah, it's it's just, I find that really funny that you said that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So I feel like this is a good time to drop down the spoiler wall because I think that Um, because this is such a, like a bit heavy show and it really goes into the characters and it's, especially once you get into the second season, it becomes very much character driven. Like, uh, I think that we are going to dive way far into it. So, uh this is your chance if you're like, "Oh man, I don't want to know anything about this show." Ooh, I'm I'm putting my fingers in my ears cuz I don't even want to know who Nikki is. Then this is your <laughs> chance to um jump off. You can you can find Camp Camp on YouTube. It's on Verve. Um, You can also, I believe that the, there's a Rooster Teeth website that you can also, not, not I believe because it is there, it exists, <laughs> believe me. Um, So you can find uh all three seasons available and then season four is still only available on the Rooster Teeth site.
2: It's on Rooster Teeth or I think it's also available on Verve, but that's one of those things that you have to pay, you have to have a subscription.
0: Right. Um, so, uh, that's where you can find it. You have no excuse. It's, it's there. It's there. what, What are you waiting for? Um, but if you've already seen it or you're ready to plow ahead, then you can catch us after this short break. And we are back. I forgot before the break to remind you guys that you can uh you know if you're feeling so inclined you can leave us a rating a review on apple podcasts uh and that really helps us get to the top of the charts best method of marketing is word of mouth uh what other things do i say we appreciate it we appreciate you all right now we can talk about it so um usually when we come back from the break we do bust a recap but as you may have gleaned or if you've seen the show you know that it is uh very episodic like there are running gags but uh essentially uh there's nothing there's no one single storyline it is about kids at a camp um and their adventures there so i thought instead of busting a recap we would kind of go through some of our favorite episodes, maybe some of our favorite moments, um, just to kind of give people an idea of what makes this show so great. Um, I had mentioned earlier that I really, really dug the... Uh, it, it was in episode uh, two of the first season called Mascots, and it was when the quartermaster leads Max, the, one of the main characters, into the forest because they're looking for a new... Uh, They're looking for a new mascot. And the implication is that the quartermaster murders children. Uh, And as when he arrives into the scene, he's carrying a bloody bag that seems heavy enough to have a body in it. And so you're expecting him to lead Max into this dungeon. And then he opens up some roots or, or like ivy. And it's a wonderful like kingdom of squirrels and you're like oh man look look at my my thought i was so subverted and then they turn that on its head when he kills the the squirrel king and says i'm your king now and i think that that moment um i've probably haven't laughed that hard in months
2: <laughs> so so classic and and to hear if if somehow you're still with us and you haven't Watch the show yet if you're hearing that go oh wow that sounds like a creepy character you haven't even begun to be familiar with the quartermaster oh my god like to be introduced to hit i'm gonna say them especially now um to be introduced to the quartermaster and just to see the depths of what sort of a entity they are i think be, like you mentioned we can't it it's a lot harder to just go beat by beat because this show is its characters and how they interact and it's one of the best ensemble casts in a cartoon i'd say not, not ever because it, you know i can't say that just because it's one of my favorite shows right but the, the power
0: or the the you know planeteers exist mark
2: <laughs> um, I mean, we're the Planeteers. You could be one too. That's that's all. Let's all save the planet. But the <laughs> just how unique all of the kids are, and even when you think, "Oh, this kid's a trope," they subvert it. Oh, this kid's a trope, they subvert it. Mm-hmm. And and it's for goes for all of the characters really. And one of my favorite subversions of that is Dolph. And Dolph, not to say that Dolph is my favorite character, because I I, I wouldn't put him in my top five, but to (laughs) you, you look at a character like Dolph, it's, you think, Oh, this is going to be a one note joke. And the journey that Dolph goes on throughout the entire thing is you, you feel bad for the kid (laughs) because you're like, Oh, and it's one of those things of seeing, seeing somebody and having an immediate thought of, of how bad or good or whatever, um, it's it's profiling essentially and it
1: it teaches you hey don't do that <laughs> you you learn yeah. a little bit on the back end it's right. uh, it's incredible considering how massive an ensemble of characters this show has how everybody does have a clearly defined psychology. And so like you were saying, it's like you feel like you take away um, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of greater understanding, greater empathy coming away from uh, the pieces of insight you get in everybody. And so what I found too for myself is then I'm having to check the responses that I'm having to characters say, I don't know, like for example, uh, uh, Jeremy Farts, who is just such a, (laughs) he's, um, they really went for something with that character. <laughs> now it's my time not... to shine. But so I find myself watching this character and as designed, the character is, uh, let's say, somewhat unpleasant to spend time with. And because I am now invested in um, empathizing with these characters and sort of exploring their psychology, I go, well, hang on it's not you know it ain't jeremy farts's uh, fault that he got dealt the hand in life that he got dealt and whatnot so what does it say necessarily about about me that i'm immediately uh, reacting to this dude in this way um thankfully i did not with that particular character have the eventual revelation that he and i are are one <laughs> but I, 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 did, I did uh have it a couple other like i discovered pretty quickly and I think, you know, arguably, certainly in the first episode, um, Max is our, our ostensible protagonist and POV character. And it's very easy for me to see myself in that character. But as we continue further into the show, I go, oh, OK, I'm uh, I'm also a little bit uh, Harrison, despite myself. You know what I mean? I'm also uh, I'm Neil sometimes. I'm, I'm a little bit of a Nikki as well. Sidebar. Pretty sure uh, Nikki's my favorite. Of all of them, <laughs> I want to give her a big hug. I honestly, I feel like the episode—it's not the first episode that really did it for me, but I think it's the episode where I realized, oh, I'm into this show and watching this show as if it's any other show that I I love, if that makes sense. And it's the episode in season uh, three, Nikki's last day on earth. Nikki's last this- day on earth is one of yes. the best episodes of the entire show. It's so. Good. Um he's uh, so Neil uh is is trying to develop this tonic to make is to make his voice deeper, I believe, and Nikki just chugs it down. Now she's in pain, they all decide that she must be dying and they essentially create for her what would be an ideal last day before death, and of course, uh they come to find out at the end of the episode that she is not dying. She's in fact uh getting her period. But it's a great, I mean it's really good, and it's it's the first time too where I went, "Oh, okay, I feel like I need to hug all of these kids. I just need to <laughs> give them a really large hug. And then I, I realize that like, these are other people's children and I'm a stranger and that carries with it just a whole bunch of like weird red tape. And stuff. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't want, I don't want any part of that, but I think that was the moment. Like I'd been enjoying it the entire time. Um, but I think, I don't know. I might've been engaging with a different part of my brain. And that's where I feel like I fully settled into the thing. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I defer, Mark, uh, to you and your expertise, but I I agree this was certainly one of my favorite episodes of the entire run that I watched.
2: It's also very difficult for me because overall, I think it's difficult to find a bad episode of the show because of how well they did their groundwork of uh, having you associate with these characters and understand them, especially so like we're not going to talk that much about season 4 because it's still technically behind a paywall but there's a lot of work that they do in there that sort of pays off a lot of the stuff from seasons 1 through 3 and uh a lot similarly to what I said earlier of oh he, here's what this episode's going to be and then by the end of it you you go away with a completely different mindset like the the fact that they can get to season 4 and still change your expectations of what you think character act- interactions might be is a a, a very good uh, indication of how well these writers have uh, put the work in to establish these characters and i would say i should have done it before the spoiler wall went up but if there's anything because i believe the, the episodes i'm about to mention are available for free regardless the holiday specials so the halloween and the christmas special or no, well not the christmas specials but the winter specials i suppose mm-hmm. are wonderful ways to get in because they usually feature all of the kids and uh there's usually something that uh that brings them all together for a particular thing and uh the the first or no the end of season 2 the holiday special the, the christmas special has been added to my, me and my wife's repertoire of holiday specials that we watch every year just because of one the show but two the content is amazing and there's music in it that's pretty amazing but uh there, there's there's too much good stuff to talk about and so when you're like yeah we're gonna talk for x amount of time I'm like okay you're gonna have to lead me because i can go off into the weeds and to that i will defer back to tori
0: hi uh tori here hi <laughs> you are I, uh, I actually, speaking of the subversion of characters, I also really enjoy, uh, Nerf, the, the bully character that, um, is, as you were describing with Dolph, it, you feel like it could be, very like one note you're like all right i get it he's a bully um but like as time goes on you start to kind of get an idea of how multifaceted he is and how um like un- almost honorable he he can be at times um and you you start to kind of dive into his background and you learn about his like cycle of uh of violence in his family and all that stuff and it gets real real dark um and I, I really love how that character develops in the same way that I also really love how Max develops in that, like, he, him being your POV character, um, you're like, yeah, this guy, he's he he's all about fucking with the man. And then, like, the more you get to know him, you realize how much of his behavior is because of his insecurities and how much he's just trying to appear like he's too cool for school, but he just wants to be included. He just wants to be a part of something. Um, and I love that you, because you you can see these characters develop over the course of forty episodes, fifty nine in total. Um, you really get to kind of explore those little things, even though it is on the surface just a uh, you know a, a fun animated camp romp. Um, mm-hmm. Did any of you guys go to camp as children?
2: I went to a day camp. I didn't go to like a pack away stay in the forest. I, I, there's a, a place that I would go to every day that was like down the street from my house, but not necessarily something like this, but I did go camping.
1: Uh, I have never been camping and I've never been to this kind of camp. I did a bunch of day camp stuff also, but then I went, I did a couple of programs that were, they were more academic based than anything else. So like we would go and, and stay for a couple of months on a college campus and basically go to, to, to classes during the summer. Cause that's what every child so desperately craves. Um, but no, never, never like this. Never, uh, nothing woodsy.
0: Okay. I, um, I also during the summers did, day camp in that we had a um like a small uh like community center that you you could go to and hang out with other kids who were basically like latchkey kids and you know they'd give you a meal in the middle of the day and they'd be like all right we're having people play football or oh man we're having people go to the swimming pool and on wednesdays they would give you mcdonald's and that's My that was my jam. Um, So like this kind of experience, this this like camp experience full of people who are a bunch of oddballs who seem to mostly be rejects from their respective arenas, uh, all gathering in one place and finding that like found family, I think is really sweet. Uh, And I think that like that is what most appeals to me about the show.
2: Found family stuff. Uh, is always something that can appeal to, I think, like a wide audience because there's everybody has that little bit of Max in them that just wants to be accepted, and I think that goes for all of the kids. I mean, we we are talking about Nerf. Um, you you reminded me of one of my favorite lines of his uh, when they were trying to figure out in in Rainy Day when they were trying to figure out if Nerf was bullying neil he responds with back off i only bully neil on tuesdays thursdays and non-denominational holidays i understand he celebrates the sabbath like what a what a wonderful like this is before we even got his episode focusing on him that already that instantly makes you go oh well he's he's not bullying them based on religion that's better what (laughs) what and then you immediately you immediately like wait what like there's so many moments where you have to have those wait what conversations and you realize that kids are kids and we were all kids uh unless you were uh like a clone or something which you know respect to you but the the even in that you find nerf has respect for his fellow campers and then you're like okay he they, he still hangs out with people and like he has his moments where he is very much bully character but it's still like these kids only have each other so what else can they do
0: yeah and like that also kind of brings me back to uh, lex talking about Jeremy farts <laughs> um in that like i we <laughs> we later uh get a rashomon i think it is Uh, season three, like -hmm. uh, I don't remember. (laughs) No, no,
2: Operation Charlie Tango (laughs) Foxtrot.
0: Yes. Um. So yeah, season three, episode ten. Um, we get a Rashomon, and we we see um from Jeremy's perspective, and and even though everyone's really shitty to him, like the way he sees it is that everyone's being so thoughtful and kind, and uh, he's just like really happy go lucky and and excited to be included and like i feel like i i want to be Jeremy farts like i don't want to be gross but i just want to i want to see the world the way he does where everyone's like hey i made this consideration for you because your body's bad i have a bad body and my body's like yo you want to do some farts today because uh that's (laughs) my plan um and i want other people to be like i get it and we love you (laughs)
2: But even then <laughs> even then we have the moment at Parents Day where his parents show up, find out that Jeremy's been traded to another camp and go, by the way, we completely understand. Like even, <laughs> by, even by his parents, we have that just to get the acknowledgement where he's like, Yeah, everybody's just kind of looking out for Jeremy.
0: Right. Oh, poor human. <laughs> um, I also uh I just want to talk about the animation for a second. Like, we talked about it a little bit uh, at the beginning of how it's... Or we talked about it a little bit uh, our first time around. But also, there are a lot of fun little sight gags that, uh, as you, like, watch through the show... Um, you know, there's the, the camp salute, which is the shocker. Um, and just a bunch of, like, stuff in the background, which are just um, really, just, like dumb bits um but i think one of this is i don't even know if it's intentional um but i i really like that uh some of the characters in uh just for context uh in anime a lot of the times if you have a an evil character they will have like a yellow eyes with like snake irises um which very much marks them as like i'm a bad guy um and I I like the um the wood camp scout leader. I don't know why him having those eyes just makes me like him more. <laughs> um, and I, I love that there's a rival camp and and all of them are so weird. They're like they they like belong in camp camp, and I want them to just merge because they're just as like. Weird and forgotten as as everyone that we enjoy, they've just been painted to be bad guys.
2: Well, I mean that that's the 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 woods. Like, I mean, there are two rival camps. There's the Wood Scouts with Pikeman at the helm, and the Flower Scouts, which very quickly became my favorite antagonists in the show. Uh, like, we had season one, episode three, Scouts Dishonor, where you learn Nikki's past with them. And Nikki being so affable, the first two episodes immediately makes them that much more dastardly of characters, and we don't see them again to the end of the season. But their sameness, like, adds to the like they they made these like bizarre Scouty Stepford Yv type of characters for a kid show, and yet it all works. And just how unique the The one voice actor voicing all three of the characters made them all feel is great. Um, and then you get to the end of season two, where they're the protagonists of the episode Cook and Cookies and it's a completely (laughs) different type of a journey that you go on with them and you immediately have this different type of respect and like it's it's so bizarre the the kind of check-ins that you get with both the wood scouts and the flower scouts that every time you see them again you're like i have no idea what's going to happen next but i know i'm going to be in for a good time which brings you right to The Lake Lilac Summer Social, which I think is another one of the best episodes that really pays off like three episodes, three episodes, three seasons of character interactions between all of the camps.
0: Yes, I was going to bring that episode up in that one, I love that they have this camp counselor shipping different kids. Um, But I also love that they take that opportunity to flesh out the uh camp lilac characters like you really kind of get a sense of their insecurities you you also really learn how smart blue-haired one is i'm bad with names it's established on this show i'm bad with them erin um yes um just how how smart she is and how like this idea that sometimes you can be held back by the company that you keep um really uh kind of res not resonates with me in that, like my friends are holding me back, but like, I get it. Um, You know, like sometimes there's a comfortability
2: in that. Yeah. Like you can get way too comfortable in with the company you keep and you can't necessarily grow if you keep yourself around the same people. Right.
0: I was having a conversation recently about uh, my high school life and how I Felt like I was growing beyond the friends that I had at the time. Um, because you know, my focus was school stuff and their focus was like other stuff. Um and so like that I think is a super relatable thing in that like your desire to fit in sometimes supersedes your desire to be yourself.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Soak yeah. it in, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, and see, and and like remember. We're talking about an 11 minute cartoon about kids going to summer camp. Yeah. Uh, And I would list the type of stuff it's presenting.
1: I would like to also, because we haven't so far, uh, I would like to shout out the character of David, who I find uh, truly wonderful and truly fascinating. And also, uh, my heart breaks for him constantly, because he is trying at every turn so desperately to make the summer as wonderful and fun and fulfilling for all of his campers as he possibly can. And every couple of episodes, you get these, these penetrating looks at, at the interiority of this deeply broken man, who is trying so hard to keep himself together, keep his camp together, keep his campers together, and and he's constantly sort of tripping over, uh, if you'll excuse the expression, tripping over his own dick because he's just he's he's literally, I mean, like I love something I love he would his... never say, <laughs> but I love that this poor dude is is quite literally haunted by his past uh, with the camp um, and his relationship with Campbell himself is also deeply broken and deeply unhealthy and mm. I just feel so so intensely uh, uh, for this man. Um, he is somebody else that I think I would want I would want to embrace um, but there's a whole there's a whole other mess of reasons why maybe I I, I wouldn't actually go for the full hug but it, my intentionality <laughs> is there I, I feel it for him. Something is, is I to he never to ask. let you go? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: there was an episode from season four that was released for free on YouTube, and I was wondering if you guys saw it. I have
0: not. Uh, nor okay, is it the Spotlight Speaking, episode? Yes,
2: it's called The Forest, and it's about David getting lost somewhere in the woods, and it's about his journey back to the camp. And it's a very... It is a departure from the entire series, but it gives you so much of David as a camper, as a survivalist and as a human being. And it's uh, it's truly wonderful in, in a sense of not necessarily, oh, it'll have you laughing the whole time, the exact opposite, but it's, <laughs> it's truly phenomenal. And I highly recommend as, especially you guys since you haven't you haven't been able to watch the season four stuff. It's available for free on YouTube through Rooster Teeth. Watch it. Enjoy it because holy cow.
0: Okay. Uh something else while we're talking about David, um Miles Luna, who is his voice actor, um, like he does a bunch of other stuff, but like I think him as David, when he we have those really sobering moments, like the the time when he acknowledges to Max that like he's the only one who's trying at the camp or that time he takes Max to pizza and is really kind of appealing to him and acknowledging the hurt that he feels like those moments like I, I they like floored me they stopped me in my track and I was like if I had popcorn I'd just be would be falling out of my mouth because they're so well done and they they're such a stark contrast to who that character is that you really get that like his his persona is a show and a mask that he needs to put on in order to just to get through his day
2: and at the same time i i feel that all of those moments that you're talking about are completely within the line of his character that we see we're just not the the campers aren't allowing him to be that person that he is. He has to overcompensate for the depravity of the camp whether that's the form of the kids or Campbell or Gwen and he has to be overly positive in order to um in order to succeed at his job and I think you see that in the season 2 premiere where it's him and Daniel having a nice off essentially uh in the song uh like a, if the devil went down to Georgia was was nice right which is a I guess a weird way to put that but I I totally agree Miles portrayal is absolutely wonderful
0: yeah I would say that like all the voice acting on this show is so it's so engaging it like every character because they are so well defined in you can tell it's it's in the writing but like the the portrayals of these characters really sticks out. And I imagine like when you're in the booth, you have to have so much energy because there's a lot happening at once. And, and there's a lot of yelling and there's a lot of passion going into everything that these kids are doing. And I also like that they are able to bring in uh, a really fun assortment of famous voice actors as, as well as, you know, relying on the Rooster Teeth team. Mm hmm.
2: I definitely agree. For me, having uh Travis Willingham sort of as the anchor of Cameron Campbell mm-hmm. is hilarious to me. Um Elizabeth Maxwell is Nikki is like second to none when it comes to character uh actors on the show. I think she absolutely nails it. Yuri Lowenthal, uh-huh. the fact that you can look at Neil and go that's Spider-Man is um, amongst, you know, a lot of other parts as well. Right. Like there's the the amount of the quality of voice actor that they get on top of their very talented people that they have working in the company uh is to wonderful casting. Wonderful casting.
0: Yeah. And I I love that like for the most part, like it is their internal people that are able to be in these roles. Like a bigger company would be like, yo, let's get fucking Will Arnett to to be all these characters, and then the girls can be played by Sharon Stone. I don't know. These are these are just <laughs> celebrities that come what to mind. What are you
2: casting? I want to see. <laughs> I want to know the project that you're casting in your head.
0: It's it, it's every animation now. It's it, every uh, everything that requires voice acting is now a bunch of celebrities. Um, And they're like, oh, yeah, the uh, fucking uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner is going to bring everyone to this show. Um, And so I just I love that Rooster Teeth really lets its creatives, um, you know, be a part of the projects that they're creating.
1: At this point, if I were doing an animated project, I would call up uh, Samantha Ireland, who does all of the Flower Scouts, and I would have her play every character. I would have as many characters as Camp Camp has, but she would play them all.
2: She's one of my favorite people. Like I I feel like I have a unique relationship to the show. Back when it was starting, um, we were... Uh, covering it for for press so we were able to go to the rooster teeth convention in austin we were able to interview and talk to a lot of people and so i have some of these people have become my friends so i'm lucky to be able to enjoy their work on a different level and be able to talk to them about it uh but sam uh is also a Character on Ruby named Nora, who's one of my favorite characters, and and she as a creator, she's she's a very talented filmmaker, and I highly recommend you look up some of her other stuff that she's done because her her short films are very good. Highly recommend it. Um, and Elizabeth Maxwell, you've heard in the uh, the anime world as well. She's uh, uh, what was her character in Attack on Titan? Uh, I didn't watch that show enough, but she was. <laughs> Uh, it was a character that you're like, oh, side character, and then of course, then uh, then like eventually she was thrown into like, oh, she is a very important character in the canon, um, and she she tells the story like I probably wouldn't have been cast if they knew that I was going to be a bigger character in the future, which yeah, whatever. Oh, she's also been uh, Major Kusanagi in in a couple of the more modern adaptations of uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, so, I was just like,
0: saying that. Yeah, she
2: she is wonderful. Um, but the, being able to, uh, connect with people over like, and each voice actor has favorite characters that aren't the character that they play. Jen Brown, who, who voices Arid is like, yeah, I, I identify with her a little bit, but I also identify with this person. Like the, ev- everybody has, everybody can see themselves in the the different characters, which I think is something that you don't get. Too frequently anymore.
0: Um. So speaking of seeing yourself in uh the characters, I, I that brings me to my bone. I got I got a bone to pick.
2: <laughs> oh, please, no, pick it.
0: I don't. I don't. I don't see myself physically in any of these characters. There are so many characters, and none of them look like me. Um. Mm-hmm. And the closest we get is this character named Bone Quisha, um and she's problematic um so Rooster Teeth if you're listening to this just uh if you make another season i don't know what season 4 uh if you guys add a bunch of black folks you're like oh we forgot well, this is black col- oh, uh, black we camp forgot. um <laughs> but uh yeah please please add black camp um that's all i want and it could be something else it could be like what's a what's a cool thing black people do um i don't know we're multifaceted
2: Uh. um so just just to mention in season four there is a episode about gwen and gwen's dad uh who's black and you find out that gwen is a multiracial is the daughter of a multiracial family oh cool so you find out a little bit more about her background and her dad being a traveling musician, things like that. Um, it's definitely not a a black camper, but it is uh, <laughs> I, it is something else.
0: Yeah, I, get, I mean, I guess we also have naris which Nerys. I think is the closest thing to me as a person as well in that she's uh, – I mean, I don't LARP, but I'm definitely a uh and d head, uh, which is – what no one calls us um, because it's dumb, <laughs> but uh, like I, re- I relate to her the most, um, but yeah, so that's, that's my only, that's my only gripe, um, but that's just, legit too.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I feel represented by the snake Pliskin camper. Uh, oh, Billy yes. Nick
2: milk sip. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs>
1: yes. The snake Pliskin camper
0: um they just made it so obvious he's voiced (laughs) by uh by zuko yeah yeah (laughs) uh it's weird because like the first time you meet him he barely says anything um and i only realized who he was like maybe his third or fourth time where he like says a full sentence and i was like hey (laughs) that sounds familiar um but uh i i I like that it's such a weird pull um him and and griffin mcelroy are the two people where i'm like did they just call them up and they were like hell yeah i'll be these characters actually
2: i actually have i know the story behind how they cast griffin Okay. It was literally Miles going, you know, the voice that I hear in my head is Griffin McElroy doing, oh, what's his character, one of his characters from uh, Adventure Zone? Oh, Um, the boy uh, Boy detective? detective. Yes. Yeah. He's like, "I I just hear that in my head. And then the company went, why don't we just call him? He lives in Austin. Like, it wouldn't be that difficult. And- they called and he said, sure. Like it was just one of those, holy crap, somebody that I wanted to cast. They were just like, why don't you just call them? Oh, I could, I could never. And then it worked out.
0: Right. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, dude.
0: Um, yes, I, I totally hear the boy detective. Um, and I, I remember the first time I watched like just a few episodes, um, for our last episode. Um, he uses a lot of um 90s slang uh and i was like is he is he is he dead what's what's the deal with this character (laughs) and then like going on the internet and then being like is jasper a ghost um and i love that we also we get to explore his background that he was once like david and he and uh he and david have a uh like basically a inversion of perspectives on the camp it made me happy that's some good storytelling it's some good- yeah dude <laughs> yeah
2: dude <laughs> i mean it's it's hard i i agree like something that i i i have i, I have, i've said it before and i'll say it again i love this show so anytime other people can be positive about it or i can expose people to it is uh is a win because Much like anything on the internet, the more people watch it and absorb it, the more the company making it goes, oh, people like this. Let's put more money in it. And as of now, uh, given the regular schedule that Camp Camp has had over the past couple of years, technically we would be in like the beginning couple of episodes of a season about now now given the state of the world the past couple of months it's entirely possible that production could have been moved back whatever whatever but uh there's been no slate announcement there's been no whatever i think there uh, at the end of last year the beginning of this year there was a big shakeup in the animation department and a lot of uh, major positions have been uh, shuffled around and, and Warner Brothers has brought some people in and yada, yada, yada. So it, it could be they're they are just working off of a completely different schedule to try to help avoid crunch, which was a big thing uh, with some of their other 3D shows. But the fact that there hasn't been any sort of an announcement on season four doesn't necessarily have me worried because this was one of their more popular shows. Just more people need to watch it by merchandise. So on and so forth. Right.
0: Yeah. So rooster teeth, if you're listening to this, if you happen to be scrolling through podcasts one day on the radio, um, uh, make more episodes. I I really enjoy it. It sounds like everyone uh, on this show enjoyed it. Um, I, I like that. I'm especially because I haven't seen the fourth season and the the third season uh, finale felt very much like a look, if this is our last episode, we're going to go hard with this last episode um, uh, and then leaves room for there to be more adventures. I'm very curious in in terms of like where it goes. And so I will be watching the fourth season. So I need you guys to make more so that I have something to watch <laughs> after the fourth season. That cool. We'll do what thing. I do
2: and just watch the whole show, the whole series all over again.
0: Tari has a rule about <laughs> rewatching shows. He oh, what's the rule? He doesn't do it.
1: Really? Ooh. I didn't know this.
0: I Yeah. I mean, like, it's, I've been doing it more recently because uh, world events have led me to be at home more doing less things. Um, but I, gen- I generally, because there is so much to consume, and as anyone who has seen or heard this show, um, there are so many things that I'm missing out on. Um, so <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still catching up, and more things are, are always being created. So I just never find myself with time to rewatch a thing.
1: Oh, fair enough. So I Can need them prove, to... You proved the concept of this show.
0: I knew we were doing this for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. So as long as they keep coming out with new episodes, then I'll just keep watching them. I just can't go back. I can never go back.
1: Um, (laughs) I do. Okay. I do want to, um, really quick. Uh, I want to shout out the music on this show, which we haven't really talked about yet. Mm. And there is a huge amount of really excellent music, a lot of which plays over the, uh, end credits of every episode. And I, I just double checked. I'm very relieved to see that these soundtracks are in fact available uh so mm-hmm. that i uh when i am not watching the show over and over and over just despite tari uh i can listen <laughs> to this music uh on repeat cuz every like every piece of music on this thing is is great and i'm i'm looking at the it looks like uh uh richie branson does a lot of the the end title songs for especially like season 2 forward um so yeah this- season 1 was a
2: was a amalgam of a lot of different artists but then they stuck with Richie. Richie has, had done some other stuff for them for other shows, but once it was like, yeah, I can knock out a song per episode for these, sh- for these shows. And one of my favorite things that I've been able to do in covering the show is, oh uh, goodness, how many years ago was it? I think it was the last, the last con I attended, which I think was 2018. There was a concert and and Richie had like a 40 minute set of half camp camp stuff, half of his other stuff he does. He's a a nerdcore rapper, essentially, and it's all absolutely quality and highly recommend if if the camp camp soundtrack is a jumping off point for for you guys or for anybody listening. Definitely check out the rest of his stuff. What an amazing human being.
0: Um, I and I also am a big I like nerdcore. I was I was into it in college and then fell off. So I'm I'm glad I found a, a new thing. One of
2: my favorite lines that he does is in the season 1 finale uh song where uh he he says I used to spend my day getting limit breaks. Now I've got a job that I hate cuz they limit breaks. I absolutely like I don't even care that he rhymes the same expression with the same expression. That's so just like, oh, I I can identify with that. Because of like I used to play Final Fantasy. What like he he's so identifiable as a nerdcore rapper being a nerd yeah. <laughs> that uh all of his stuff is phenomenal.
0: Mm. All right. So uh anyone listening, Rooster Teeth, you can uh you can stop taking notes. Uh this is for the audience. Uh, guys, check him out. I'm I'm on his page right now. Um and he has a full discography in addition to all the stuff that he does. He has a couple EPs. Um, yo, check, check him out. His name is also derived from Richard Branson, which makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we are getting close to the end. So do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Uh, I just have one tiny little moment that I, I want to mention before we wrap that made me very, very happy. It's just a little visual thing. It's something pretty minor, but it's real early. I want to say it might be in the fourth episode of the first season. And it's when uh, they they all of a sudden the campers have this impromptu dance party and over to the the left of the frame you have uh I think it's Harrison who's on his back uh in a pile of garbage, and when the dance party starts, he doesn't stand but starts uh, on his back, moving his feet and pumping his fists in place and for whatever reason it made me so fucking happy like it it, it if I was sick i it would have made me well that is how much joy <laughs> brought
2: me. <laughs> well that whole thing like it took the uh the Uh, Peanuts Christmas thing of oh here's just a bunch of kids dancing and then they modernized it Um, and to a song called taste you like yogurt of all things (laughs) but uh, it yeah Camp Cool Kids is one there because there's always an anarchy episode but how do we flip it on its ear like yeah I, I, I used to think that that was the quintessential like oh this is the arid episode but then in season three, when Arid breaks her leg and tries to get her cool back, I think that becomes the quintessential Arid episode. Like, so, so many things of how these kids evolve and these characters evolve. It's like, oh, this is the intro. This is the mission statement. This is a complete, this is, okay, here's where the kids have gotten to at this point. And it's, ah, I love the show.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Arid, I love her dad's. They are oh yeah, Aaron's
2: gay dads. Oh yeah, from the FBI, love them. <laughs> um, and the fact that they're both voiced by the same by the same actor, that's mm-hmm. uh, great.
0: Uh, just that that moment when I think, uh, well, one, the fact that they high five each other and she fucking poses, but also um, when they are trying to entrap David and um, uh, Campbell goes off. <laughs> air and they're like oh you you want to see who can load their gun faster i love you that line i i lost it um and i i don't know why it appeals to me so much but it just it's so wholesome and stupid
2: uh man there there's there's a a, uh yeah i like their on-screen uh interactions with each other and it's just it's it's one of the few well i guess we have Parents Day, but we had already met the Millers at that point, and uh, they're they're the only parental group that we sort of check back up with mm-hmm. because of how important they are to the story. oh, I, I wanted to mention this speaking of voice actors Lex, did you notice that one of one of the parents sounded
1: really familiar? Yeah, actually, but I couldn't place it
2: so uh Carl. Neil's dad yeah. is voiced by Matt Chapman, who you might know as one of the co-creators and voice actors oh. from homestarrunner.com.
1: Oh shit, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, that like makes even that little
2: thing, that thing of it's that subtlety of here's it, both in the show, we see the current generation and the previous generation. And it's also sort of like a message of here is the previous uh, generation of internet animation with the current generation of internet animation. It's just like weird subtextual, like what I don't, I like it. What are you trying to tell? There's there's a lot of great subtext in this show.
1: Yeah. No, and that that makes me happy, too, because, like, right up at the top of this conversation, yeah, we were talking about how there's, for me, a direct line uh, from this back to, like, Homestar Runner in particular. So that's nice. That's a good little thing for me to come away with and internalize and feel like I'm, I'm super smart for making connections and shit. You figured it out, Lex. <laughs> I am so good and smart. Look at me. <laughs> uh,
0: speaking of figuring it out so that people don't get angry at us. The name of the character from the Adventure Zone is Angus McDonald, and Angus the McDonald. name of the character that Elizabeth plays is Ymir. That th- yes, those are Ymir. the two things. Um, so don't at us because we said it. Oh my gosh, we didn't say it when you wanted us to, but we said it. Don't
2: add us, at them. <laughs> like tell them like tell the, the actors that you want to see them in these parts some more like that helps because then they can amplify that even further.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, all right. So I think I'm going to wrap this baby out. Um, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. We love having you on. You're a great guy. Oh, shucks. Uh,
2: it's, it's been too long. It's, it's wonderful to talk to you guys again.
0: Yeah, I agree. We'll have to have you on a little bit more. Just a little yeah. bit more though. Uh,
2: <laughs> fair enough.
0: Um, do you have anything that you would like to, anything you're working on? Um, any th- place that people can find you? Tell us about you, buddy.
2: So you can follow me at Mark B. Donica. That's where you can, that's essentially the hub of all of the different stuff that I'm working on. But in particular, I do a theme parks podcast with my wife called Party of Two. You can find us on any of your Podcast platforms of choice, we we use Anchor, so we're we go through all of the different things. Um, we we've been doing some like theme park news, especially given the current state of things and what that means. But we also delve into the past and we do some stuff in terms of like uh, fant- fantasy booking, which is a weird way to put that. But we sort of create like why doesn't this property have a ride or a land or this, hmm. and we we delve into that. Um, so uh, check us out at Party of Two Pod. And then also uh, I stream on Twitch. I, I've been, I took a break recently because of uh, the what's going on in the world and it just not feeling appropriate. But um, I'm, I'm going to be coming back in a little bit. So uh, I'm on Twitch at Mark B. Donica. And I stream a variety of different games, but um, mostly it's just to sort of hang out and have human connection at this current time. But so uh, you can check all of that out. I I retweet everything about all the projects that I'm working on from Twitter.com slash And
0: that's Mark with a K.
2: That's Mark with a K. Who spells Mark with a Q? That's weird.
0: I mean, (laughs) it's the cool new way to do it, Mark. Don't hate.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Uh, Mark, this podcast does not have either a ride or a land. Will your show explain why? (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, as long as you subscribe, like we'll totally do it.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, you got to subscribe. You got to follow Mark, uh, uh, you know, and and you also have to leave a comment and share or retweet as well. Uh, Lex, uh, yeah. <laughs> where can they expect to see all of those things come from, from you?
1: Oh yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I, you will assuredly find these and other things, uh, on Twitter and Instagram where I occasionally, uh, post, uh, at the. Lex Michael. Also, uh, I do another thing that I'm going to plug. Look at me plugging things. This Ooh. is very exciting. for This is very exciting for me, Plug in stuff. I see a thing. It needs plugging. Damn. Plugging be. Uh, so I do uh, another podcast that I've mentioned on this show before, but I, I think I'm, it's time for me to start plugging it in earnest. I do a show with uh, my lovely partner, Marianne Ramish, who's a YouTuber- It's called Friends with Benefits. Now, you may have heard of the show Friends, which is one of the biggest pop culture juggernauts in the history of pop culture juggernauts. She is a big fan, like many are. I am not, like many aren't. And so what we are doing is we are going through the entirety of Friends episode by episode and breaking them down from both a critical perspective and a fan perspective as she tries ever so desperately to get me to like this show uh we released all of season one and much like the show itself that's sort of our getting our feet under a season and you can find that already wherever podcasts are and we are now uh, on a little bit of a hiatus but we're about to start rolling out uh season two episodes so check that out Uh, obviously hbo max launched so you can go watch friends along with the show uh we're having a lot of fun doing it um so so check it out and uh if you don't like the show friends you can uh suffer through it along with me
0: uh it's a good time (laughs) big kiss empathy yeah um, alright cool uh, I, I I don't have anything to plug uh, oh my gosh are you, have you guys listened to Missing Out it's really good well uh, <laughs> check that out <laughs> uh, but you can find me on twitter at Tari J T or I J A Y uh, I mostly tweet about dumb stuff and currently uh, you know big big uh i don't know protesty stuff uh so you know follow me if you want some black shit um otherwise you can follow this podcast at missing outcasts that's m-i-s-s-i-n-g-o-u-t-c-a-s-t uh we are on twitter and on instagram which we do not use uh so (laughs) true yeah Uh, so uh thank you again mark this was really fun uh and thank you lex for showing up we appreciate it surprise every time (laughs) um but until the next time this has been the retrospective that is introspective
1: and now you have a new perspective we're gonna totally get us a ride and a land
0: Ooh! I can't wait. I hope it's not a hole in the ground. This is missing Outland. So what you're missing out on?
2: It's a themed bathroom.
0: Ooh! I would want that.